Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So tonight, the Clippers are looking to win their fifth game in a row. The Clippers have finally flipped a switch, and they are back on track, which is something I mentioned in an episode last week. Last week, when the Clippers, at one point, lost nine of their last 11 games, I said, this team has to flip a switch. Like Candace Parker, who said in the TNT booth after the game, when they lost, I believe it was to the Utah Jazz, she said, this team has to wake up. They're a playoff team. They're built for the playoffs, which they are. Everyone knows this Clippers team is built to win in the playoffs because of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, two of the best two-way players in the league, a great one-two punch. And they have finally got back on track and have found their footing, winning four games in a row, their longest win streak of the season, and were 2-9 and nine in their previous 11 games before this four-game win streak. So the Clippers are officially back. Officially back. They beat the Spurs on Thursday night, 138-100. to Paul George had his best shooting night of the season, 14-19 from the floor, a 737 field goal percentage, which is his best of the season. 5-8 of eight from three, three rebounds, seven assists, three steals in a block. At halftime, the Clippers are dominating. Paul George at 22, Kawhi at 18. So when you have Paul George and Kawhi Landed combining for 40 points in the first half, you should win every single game you play by 30 points. And that's the case that, ga- that game on Thursday night. The Clippers won by 38. Robert Covington was unreal off the bench for the Clippers. 21 minutes, 5 of 7 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks, and 13 points. What Covington can do is he can help you on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. He can help you on both ends of the floor. And that's what the Clippers have needed. They've needed somebody off the bench that could do that. I don't know how, at one point, Robert Covington was a did-not-play or was inactive for 19 of the first 39 games or so of the season. I think it was 18 of the first 39 games of the season. Robert Covington was either a did-not-play or was inactive. And even in some of those games, he did play in that first 39-game sequence. He only played in garbage time at the last few minutes of the game when the game was already over. Now he's getting meaningful minutes and taking full advantage of that. He helps on both ends of the floor, like I said. He also helps you with rebounds. When Avica Zubats comes off the floor, the Clips have needed somebody that can help out in the paint on defense and getting rebounds. And Robert Covington Thursday night, Rocco grabbed 20.2% of total rebounds that were available when he was in the game. So that means when he was on the floor, he grabbed one-fifth of the possible rebounds on offense and defense combined. And that was only 21 minutes of action. 21 minutes of action, 5 of 7 from the floor, 3 of 5 and 3, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks, and 13 points. Very impressive game for Robert Covington, and he's been on a little bit of a run. The last three games, averaging 20.4 minutes per game, averaging 8 points, 5.3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.3 steals, 2.7 blocks, and also shooting 60% from three over that three-game stretch. So he helps you on both, both ends of the floor. Offensively, defensively, he's a 3 and D guy, can hit you some big shots too, even though he doesn't really shoot as much as he did last year. He was a little bit more comfortable from three with the Clippers last year. When the Clippers traded for him from the Portland Trailblazers in a deal that landed Norman Powell and Robert Covington, he shot 45% for the Clippers in that stretch at the end of the season when he became a Clipper. So he was really good with them for the remainder of the season. He was a Clipper last year shooting-wise. This year really hasn't found that consistency, and the reason is because he's not really getting the minutes that he was getting last year. Obviously, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all three of those guys being healthy, that's the reason that Robert Covington lost minutes because those are three players right there that were out for a good amount of the second half of last season when Robert Covington was on the floor with Nick Batum, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson. That team is what got the Clippers to a 42-40 and record for the most part. Since Kawhi Leonard didn't play the whole season, Norman Powell was out for a good amount of the second half of the season after he became a Clipper in that trade with the Portland Trailblazers. 
And then obviously Paul George as well missed a good amount of games last year too. So Covington's finally finding his footing and at the right time. The Clippers need that. And they're finding health elsewhere too. Luke Kennard returned to the lineup on Thursday, got the start of the shooting guard position, only at five points, was one of one from three. The Clippers won that game by 38 points with just five points from Luke Kennard and only two points from Terrence Mann. They didn't need a big game on offense from either one of those guys because the contributions they got from everybody else. Everybody else contributed to that win for that Clippers team. That's why this team right now is becoming one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA. I know it's a four-game win streak. I know they only beat the Spurs on Thursday night. Beating any team in the NBA, NBA by 30 points is hard to do. And I will repeat that. No matter who you are playing in the NBA, doesn't matter who your opponent is, the Spurs, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Celtics, beating any team by 38 points is very hard to do. So it was an impressive Thursday night for the Clippers. They were up 41-25 to out of the first quarter. Then they dominated even in the second half as well, outscoring the Spurs 34-19 to in the fourth quarter. So the Clippers didn't take their foot off the pedal at all. They outscored the Spurs in every single quarter, all four quarters. They outscored them in, and the Clippers were elite from three. 18 of 38 from three, finishing the game at 47.4%. And also, they played very well at the defense event. Holding the Spurs to 100 points, but also had nine steals and nine blocks with only five turnovers. Now we'll flip it. The Spurs, just two steals. The Clippers had nine. Just one block for the Spurs. The Clippers had nine. And the Spurs turned the ball over 12 times. The Clippers had just five turnovers. And the Clippers also had 52 of 89 from the floor, shooting 58.4%. As for the Spurs, they were shooting 37 of 82 from the floor, sitting at 45.1% from the floor. So that's exactly what that Clippers team needed. They need to get back on track and start a win streak. And now they have four wins in a row. Reggie Jackson, who lost his starting position, now Terrence Mann is a starting point guard, he's been thriving off the bench. He's been thriving off the bench. 5 of 10 from the floor on Thursday night, 12 points, 2 steals, and 16 minutes of action. He's playing very well as a reserve, and the Clippers need someone to come off the bench and give a spark, considering they do have some injuries, like Marcus Morris. He's been out. So that means the starting lineup's different. Now Luke Kennard is in the starting lineup of the shooting guard position on Thursday night. Terrence Mann's on the starting point guard, meaning they don't have him coming off the bench now. So someone has to give a spark, and Reggie Jackson has been that spark over the last few games and has been playing very well. He's been playing very well, and the Clippers need that. They need to see more production off their bench. The Clippers played the Spurs on Thursday. Then the game before that was the Los Angeles Lakers. The Clippers won their 10th game in a row against the Lakers, beating them 133-115 on Tuesday night, 133-115. And the Clippers, once again, dominated in the first half. They were actually outscoring the Lakers 77-54 at halftime. And the Clippers were hot from three, 19 of 38 from three, shooting 50% from the three-point line. From the floor, shooting 60.7%, 51 of 84 from the field overall. Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, all had huge games. Norman Powell, 22 points, four rebounds, four assists. Terrence Mann, 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Reggie Jackson, 19 points, three rebounds, five assists off the bench of the Clippers. And that's really what they need. They need a spark off the bench, like I said. Kawhi Leonard's really back. He's back in form. 25 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 2 steals, and a plus 16 rating, shooting 11 of 16 from the floor against the Lakers on Tuesday night. And Paul George was terrific. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block versus the Lakers. So this win streak's really coming along. It's coming along. And everything's clicking for the Clippers right now. Everything's clicking. And Paul George said after the game against the Lakers last Tuesday night, he said, and this is a quote from him, we have an unbelievable locker room. We never started chirping at each other when things got rough. We had to find a way to get out of the hole. We have a lot more work to do, but we are going in the right direction. 
And that was after the win, as I said, on Tuesday night versus the Lakers. That was their third win in a row. That was their longest win streak of the season at that point. Now a four-game win streak heading into tonight where they'll be playing on the road at the Atlanta Hawks. So hopefully the Clippers can get a win. Kawhi Leonard's last nine games, though. 36 minutes per game, 29 points per game. He's averaging with 6.6 rebounds, 4.1 assists, 1.8 steals, and shooting 45.2% from three and 56.3% from the floor. So he's back to being a top seven player in the NBA. He's finding his health and finding his form at the right time, and he's leading the Clippers heavily. In that game against the Spurs, 10 to 16 from the floor, 27 points, three rebounds, seven assists, and a steal. So he's back. Kawhi Leonard is back to form. Then you look at Paul George in that game against the Spurs. 35 points, four rebounds, seven assists, a block, three steals, a plus 26 plus minus rating, which was the best in the game, shooting 14 to 19 from the floor, as I said, and five of eight from three in 35 minutes of action. So these guys are back, and they're both playing in tonight's game versus the Atlanta Hawks. The Clippers are back. And Ivica Zubats said this past week after they started their win streak that he said after they lost to the Utah Jazz on January 18th, Wednesday night last week, that the team had a meeting and said, we need to wake up. We need to wake up. And now, after they said, we need to wake up and we have to go on a win streak, They've won four games in a row, their longest win streak of the season. So big game tonight for the Clippers. Hopefully they can keep that going, and hopefully they continue to flip the switch. And as you can tell, I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Can't wait to see what tonight holds to the Clippers, and in the next week or two, we'll see if they continue this hot streak. Doing it at the right time. Know the trade deadline's coming up, and John Wall's in trade talks, and Marcus Morris. We'll see what they choose to do. But obviously things are trending in the right direction right now for the Clippers, and I couldn't be any happier. Couldn't be any happier. This team, we all knew, could flip a switch and take over. I know they've had injuries. I know there's excuses about injuries and obviously inconsistency with minutes because they have so much depth and they're overrated and everything else that everyone says. But at the end of the day, what matters most is how you're playing at the end of the season. Obviously, there's still a good amount of games left to go. The Clippers find themselves right now at 27-24. and 24. Pretty good record considering at one point they were 2-9 and in an 11-game stretch before this four-game win streak. But if you look at them overall... 51 games in, 31 games to go. They need to be playing their best basketball by the end of the season. That's all that matters to me. I don't care what happens in the regular season. As long as they are playing their best basketball come April and May, things will only continue to look up for the L.A. Clippers. And hopefully they continue to stay healthy and do big things on the floor. Tonight, a big chance for them to continue their win streak, playing the Atlanta Hawks, I said, to potentially win their fifth game in a row. So last thing I want to talk about, talking about flipping a switch, Northeastern Hockey, another team that is back on track. The Skis have won four games in a row, outscoring Merrimack and UConn in two games apiece. They played UConn at Frozen Fenway and then played at UConn and then played Merrimack at home and home last weekend. They outscored Merrimack and UConn in those four games, 14 goals to five. 14 to five, they outscored those two teams. Devin Levi's returned to form in the net for the Huskies. 129 saves and 134 shots faced over the last four games with a 962 save percentage. It's also a five-game point streak now for Ada McDonough, setting him up with 17 goals on the year, which is tied for second best in all college hockey. He's also tied with Blake Bennett, American International College star forward. Blake Bennett has 17 goals in the year as well, one of the best players in all college hockey, and I've always been a big fan of him. So I'm happy to see McDonough and also Blake Bennett doing big things and scoring goals like we all knew they could, both very good and talented players, and they have bright futures ahead in the game of hockey. And another thing for Northeast is having Justin Ruskovian back healthy is huge. He's a major piece for that offense. And if you look at what Northeast has been playing against, I mean, UConn's a good team. They were number 10 when they played the Frozen Fenway. UConn was the number 10 team in the country when Northeast had played the Frozen Fenway. And then was number 11 the following weekend after that 
when Northeastern played UConn at UConn. And then Merrimack was number 11 last weekend when Northeastern played them at home and home and beat them, swept them in the home and home, winning both of those games. So the skis have swept UConn and Merrimack over the last four games. And that's what this team needed to get back on track. At one point, they were around 37 to 38 in the Paleo-Rise rankings, were far out of the top 20 in all college hockey rankings. Now they are ranked 20th in college hockey and find themselves at 20th in the pairwise rankings after beating two very good teams in Merrimack and UConn 4-0 over the last four games against those two teams. And that's what this team needed to get back on track. Everyone knew this Northeastern team was just as talented as any team in the country with one of the best goalies in college hockey, one of the best goal scorers in college hockey, and so much depth, one of the best rosters in all college hockey. Everyone knew this Northeastern team was dangerous. They just had a midseason slump. And are finally finding their footing, just like the Clippers, and at the right time, at the right time. Northeast is actually off until Tuesday when they'll be hosting Boston College at home at Matthews Arena, their last matchup of the season, unless both teams were to face each other in the Beanpot Finals. BC tonight is actually home versus BU. BU, the number four team in the country, beat BC last night pretty handily 6-3. to BU, one of the most dominant teams in all of college hockey. They're actually number five in the pairwise rankings, number four in the college hockey rankings. And beat BC last night 6-3. BC found themselves up 1-0 right away. Trevor Kunta ha- actually had a power play go to start out the game in the first 10 minutes of the first period. And then after that, Jay O'Brien scored for BU just at the end of the first period. And then a couple goals from Ty Gallagher and a goal from Dylan Peters and Jeremy Wilmer. And BC just could not get out of that hole that they were in 6-1. to one. They were down at one point. Ended up scoring two goals in the last five minutes of the game, but obviously it was not enough. BC... Has been playing very well at home against BU since 2017. They've not lost a game since 2017 at Conti Forum at home to BU. So hopefully BC continues that win streak tonight. We'll see what happens. BC beat them earlier in the year 9-6 in a 15-goal game. Total goals between the two teams, 15 goals in that performance earlier in the year. We'll see if BC has the same magic in them tonight. Hopefully they can find themselves getting back on track after losing two games last weekend in Vermont. One of them in a shootout, and then another one in regulation. Hopefully BC gets themselves back on track with the win tonight. We'll see what happens. Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it, and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.